So as I've already said before, and is no secret to any of us here, um, life is messy. So it should be no surprise to anyone that our relationship with God would be messy as well. I think that I can speak for all of us that we've had an experience similar to this. When there's something that we really want or something that we're waiting to happen and we need God's help from it. So we ask Him. We pray and we beseech Him, beg Him. Even shed tears. We have masses offered. We pray novenas. Pray for rosaries. Ask people to pray for us just constantly, constantly, constantly asking for prayers. Asking for this thing or this event that we want to happen. And then nothing. Nothing happens. And then the questions, the doubts start to come. Is God listening? Does God care? Can God really do what he says he does? How can we know that God is listening? How do we know that he cares? How do we know that he is going to do what he says he's going to do? You know, today is peculiar in our church. It's we're celebrating something that we don't get to celebrate often on Sundays. It only happens that when this day, June 24th, falls on a Sunday, that we get to celebrate the feast, the solemnity we celebrate today. That is, the nativity of St. John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus, and the herald of his coming. And something else kind of peculiar happens when this feast falls on a Sunday. You may or may not know, if you went to Mass last night and not... Today, you would have heard a different gospel. In fact, you would have heard all different readings. In fact, there would have been different prayers. And the church wants us to reflect in her, the readings throughout this whole weekend, both those last night and today, on John the Baptist. For, I think, a very personal reason for all of us. It's because John the Baptist's story, and specifically the story of his parents, is something that, well, it's, it's the story of our relationship with God, quite simply. You see, in the gospel last night, what leads up to the gospel today, Zechariah is in the temple. He's been elected for a special privilege. You know, every priest in the Jewish uh, priesthood Maybe he gets to sell, do this one sacrifice that he was doing once in their lifetime, if that. It was a sacrifice where they would go into the holy place, one of the holiest places in the temple, and offer incense to God for the people. And when he's there, God appears to him through an angel and tells him, you and your wife are going to have a son. Now, this is incredible news because Zechariah and Elizabeth were well beyond the years where they could have children. They were, I think they say 70 or something like that is what tradition has. And Zechariah 
maybe reasonably, starts to doubt God. Even though he's a priest, a very respected priest, and knows the scriptures well, he can't believe what God is saying. He has, he has doubts. But it's not that he doubts that he can do it. I don't think that's what Zechariah doubts, because he knows the scriptures very well. And God has already proven that he can do just what he said. It's just that Zechariah doubts that he will do it. He doubts he will do it for him. He thinks this is too good to be true. It can't happen to me. And how does God respond? Well, he silences Zechariah. Zechariah, we see in our gospel today, is mute until he declares what his child's name would be. His name is John, or John is his name, I think is how it goes. And then his mouth is open. It's when he realizes that God has fulfilled what he has promised that he's able to speak again and praise God for his wonders. And I dare say today that we feel like Zechariah many times. We know from reading the the Bible and from reading about what God has done, that he fulfills promises, that what he says he's going to do, he's going to, he will do, that when he says he will hear us, he will hear us. We know this, and yet we still doubt he'll do it. Even when we're just bombarded with everything that God has done in the scriptures, today we hear about like Isaiah is prophesying, God is telling him to speak and prophesy about the Messiah, the one who is going to come and bring Israel deliverance, bring us deliverance from sin. And this is fulfilled. We hear about St. Paul tells us in Acts today how this was fulfilled, how Jesus came as the son of David, how he was foretold by John, how John pointed him out to everyone and said, this is the one who's going to fulfill God's promises. We know this, and yet we still doubt. It still seems too hard to believe that God will do this thing for me. But God is speaking to us again today this same message. I am listening. I hear you. I can and I will do what I say I will do. But I think it's important we realize what it was he just said. What it was I just said. God tells us, I can and I will do what I say I will do. You see, the, the real issue that we have, the real thing that makes our relationship with God messy, is that there's two things that we forget. One, that God desires our good and knows what's good for us and what will make us truly happy. He's the one who created us, so naturally he knows what is going to fulfill us. And two, what we want or what we ask for is not always what God wants for us, not always what's good for us. Our lives are messy. I've, I've kind of talked about that already. You know, we all know that. And sometimes, 
in the midst of the messiness, we don't really know what it is we really want. We don't know what we need. We don't know what will truly make us happy, what will truly make us free. Because we're surrounded by our messiness. We're surrounded by sin all the time. Like, we, we're sinners. There's no denying that. And we're a lot, we act like children before God a lot. And God's okay with that. We act like children to Him because we want something, we beg for something. Just like a child begs for something from his father, and the father looks at well, that thing that they want, and they say, he says, No, nah, that's not what you need. That won't be good for you. God always wills what he wants for us, what he wants for you and for me, but it's not always what we want him to do for us. You see, God, I think, has three answers to every prayer. The first is just yes. The second is yes, but not right now, because you're not ready yet for it, or it's not the right time. And the third is, no, I have something even greater planned for you. I have something far greater in mind for you. That's how he responds to us. See, that's what we see in Zechariah. God surprised Zechariah. He said, gave him an unbelievable promise, something he would have never thought to ask for. And that's the thing that he wants to fulfill. That's what he promises us. And he fulfills his promises. God always fulfills his promises, even if, it, if it's in a way we don't expect. So if we really believe that, if we really believe that God desires our good, our greatest good, who will make us truly happy. Then our call this week and going forward is to change the way that we pray. Today, my invitation to you is when you go to your inner room to speak to your father, when you have that petition that you're asking for, ask for it in this way. Say what your prayer is, but then add this little phrase at the end and mean it. Lord, help me want what you want. Help me want what you want. And just watch what happens. So our relationship with God is messy. And quite frankly, God is okay with that. God is okay with the messiness. But he's just asking us to take a step forward and to trust him. To trust that he can and will do what he says he will do. Amen.